0: baseline emotion. Meaning, what is the space that you naturally operate out of? What is a feeling that comes so natural to you? For me, I think it's sadness with a touch of depression. And yeah, for some people, sadness and depression is one and the same, but I would say I usually operate in a space of not being so great, of being kind of melancholy, being kind of sad. And when things really hit a low point, that's when that depression gets kind of activated. And so it's no coincidence that I have a podcast called Seek the Joy Podcast because I'm constantly in a space of seeking joy. I'm constantly in a space of lifting myself up, of uplifting, of infusing myself with what it is that I truly need, which is love, which is kindness, which is compassion, which is joy. with a little sprinkle of hope. So what is your baseline emotion? The reason I'm asking you this is because I was in a yoga class A couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about this. I often go to Guru Singh's class um, at Yoga West, and he always lectures at the beginning of class. And so he was talking about the sense of baseline emotions and the container that we operate out of. And he was talking about how it's so important to know your baseline, know what it is that you're most comfortable operating out of, but then having the awareness to be able to pull yourself out of it and pull yourself into the space that you want to operate out of. And for me, it didn't really hit me the impact of his words until days later when I was thinking about it, which was, what is my natural state? And how is it that I'm operating and responding and reacting from that natural state? And does it Does it reflect and mirror who I know I really am? And does it reflect and mirror who I want to be in the world? Because often we have a way of being, right? That's kind of like natural. That's kind of, we don't, it's like second nature. You don't have to think about it. Like if somebody, I don't know, bumps into you and your natural state is to go, oh my God, I'm sorry, but they're the ones that bumped into you. It's like, okay, why is that your natural state? Or you could be the person that, if someone bumps into you, you scream at them, right? So you've got the person that's like, oh my God, it was my fault, I'm sorry. Or you have the person that that moment incited rage within them and anger. And so it's about looking at what is your gut, in, like your gut response? What is your second nature response? And is that response a reflection of how you want to be in the world? So for me, the sadness with a touch of depression, which actually I'd like to add on to it, it's sadness with a touch of depression with a dash of agitation and frustration and impatience. Because my gut reaction is to be frustrated and my gut reaction is to be impatient. But the truth is is that frustration and anger or um, impatience is not serving me. It's creating scenarios with myself and with other people that only bring about more frustration and more agitation and more sadness and more depression and more anxiety. And so if I'm looking at the container in which I operate out of, and then I look at whether or not it's serving me, and then I look at whether or not it's a mirror and a reflection of who I want to be, I am not happy. I am not happy because the truth is, is that's, that's not who I know I am. That's not who I choose to be. But there are moments where something triggers us, or there are moments where something happens that you just have a natural response to. So he was challenging us, Guru Singh was challenging us to Choose in any given moment to operate and to respond and to react out of the space that we want to be in. So, if my baseline is the container, it's all those emotions that I've shared. If that's where my baseline is, what is it that I'm moving towards? What is it that I'm striving for? What is it that I, what is the container that I want to operate out of? It's intuition, it's calm, it's love. And it's compassion, intuition, meaning operating from a space of gut instinct, trusting myself within that, knowing that if I have a bad feeling or a good feeling about something, going with it and trusting it and not second guessing it, and also not asking somebody else if they agree or disagree. I mean, how many times have you had a bad feeling about a place or a person or a thing, but you feel guilty about having that bad feeling about it. So you check it out with everybody else. You don't have to do that. It's about learning to trust myself, learning to trust ourselves with that intuition, with that intuitive instinct about something. It's calm because, God, that's really what I want is calm and peace and not having influxes of tension or anxiety or depression or fear. And then the other emotions are love and compassion. When you're operating from a space of love, when you're operating from a space of compassion, you have patience for yourself. You have patience for others. You have forgiveness of self. You have forgiveness of others. But when you also view the world through the lens of love, you're choosing your courage. Because if you think about it, it is a truly courageous act to be and see and speak and feel from a space of love. It is so much easier to be and see and feel and act from a space of anger, frustration, and impatience. It is so much harder to choose love and compassion. Courage is living from that space of love, and love creates courage. It's kind of like the infinity symbol if you think about it. It's this never ending cycle, this never ending loop. And so the more that I can see my life and see others and see myself from that space of love, I can then develop more compassion, compassion for myself and compassion for others. Because if you see someone for who they truly are, despite their bad mood, despite their bad behavior, despite what the struggle is that they're having in the moment, despite how they may have wronged you, if you're... Able to see them, to see their actions through the lens of love. You develop more compassion and more patience. You also develop more forgiveness. (laughs) If I'm being perfectly honest. Seeing ourselves and seeing others through that lens is how we're going to heal. It's also how we're going to heal the world. And the world needs a lot of healing right now. So... I challenge you to think about what is your baseline? Where do you naturally operate out of? And what is the space that you want to move into? What are you striving towards? What are you working towards? And what is one thing that you can do today or one thing that you can do tomorrow to ensure that you operate from that space of your choosing rather than what comes easy, rather than what comes natural? So for me, it's taking a deep breath. When I get overwhelmed, my instinct is to go, you don't understand what I'm talking about. I'm so freaked out. I'm so overwhelmed. You're not listening to me. Truth is the person is listening to me, but my gut instinct is to assume that they're not. So it's about taking a deep breath and telling myself, you need to take a step back before you respond. And I am not good at this and I am not perfect at it. And that's why I'm sharing it with you because I know it's what I need to do. It's the first step that I need to take to work towards operating out of the space that is of my choosing, that is for my highest good, for the highest good of everybody around me and the energy that I want to be around and the energy that I want to put out into the world. So what is one small step that you can take today to start to operate out of the space, out of the container, out of the emotions and the feelings and the sense of being that you want to operate out of? Just some food for thought. And then kind of within the same vein of all of this is when you choose to operate out of a container, out of an emotion, out of a space of your choosing how then do you not allow somebody else to impact you? Does that make sense? Like how do you stop letting somebody else's choices, stop letting somebody else's bad mood, stop letting somebody else's trials and tribulations affect you, change your mood, change your well-being, change your state of being? How do you stop taking things personally that you don't need to take personally because it's not about you. I mean, if I mean, if we're having like a real talk moment here, it's hard not to take things personally. When someone doesn't acknowledge us or see us or hear us, it's hard not to take it personally. When the energy that we give isn't reciprocated, it's hard not to take it personally. When you put your heart and your soul into something and it isn't acknowledged, it isn't valued, or is not it's not celebrated by another person, it's flipping hard not to take it personally. And it's so interesting because within this wellness space, if within this spiritual space, we hear a lot of people talk about how we need to celebrate ourselves first. We hear a lot of people talk about how we need to see our own worth first. We hear a lot of people talk about how we need to acknowledge ourselves and not seek validation from the outside world. But honestly, I'm kind of calling BS. And hear me out, because I really think that you can know your heart, you can see your soul, you can recognize your value, you can celebrate your worth. But when you put something out into the world that is a mirror of who you are, when it's your passion and it's rejected or it's ignored, it still stings. You can see what you've accomplished. You can see the work that you've done. You can see the impact of something. But if it's not seen by somebody who is important to you in your life or somebody who needs to see it or it's intended for them to see it and they don't acknowledge it or there's not a mutual energetic exchange of some sorts, It still hurts, despite the fact that you've acknowledged and seen and valued yourself in a way that feels good to you. I mean, seriously, you can validate yourself, what is that phrase, until the cows come home? You can literally validate yourself until the cows come home, but it doesn't mean that that rejection won't still hurt. This is what I'm learning. It is, without a doubt, a process. It's a process of learning not to take on, not to integrate, not to consume another person's inability to see you. It's a process learning how to not integrate and take on and consume somebody else's inability to hear you and acknowledge you or value you or celebrate you. If anything, it's a really a reflection of them, it's a reflection of lessons they haven't learned or an inability to really understand and see themselves, actually that's what it is. A lot of times people who can't celebrate themselves really can't celebrate another. People who don't allow themselves to dream can't support somebody else's dreams. And so it's a process. It's a process of learning not to take it on. But in the meantime, while you're working through that process, see the rejection. See it for what it is, which is the other person's rejection of themselves. Feel it. Seriously, allow yourself to feel what it is that they're triggering within you. For me, it's a lot of sadness and frustration and not feeling respected. And so I've got to let myself, I've learned that I need to let myself feel it and then talk about it with somebody in my life who I trust and who sees me. And then learning to just put it in its container and drop it off in the dumpster somewhere where it belongs, because it's not mine to take on. Really, it's about learning to understand and trust that what somebody else can't see in you, what they can't acknowledge, what they can't celebrate is a mirror of themselves. It's a reflection of their perception of themselves. It's a reflection of their perception of you that doesn't match who you really are. It's hard not to take it personally though, and it's hard not to see that it really isn't about you, but if you see what you're doing, if you see who you're becoming, if you see the work that you're doing internally, uh, to shift your world, to, to move into a space that feels good to you, from to move from that baseline to the space in which you really want to operate out of, if you see what it is that you're doing, if you feel good about it, if you're proud of yourself, if you can celebrate it, that's all that matters. Because this is what happens. The more, and if you had told me this, Like years ago, I wouldn't have believed you, but the more that you do that and the more that you allow yourself to do that, the more you begin to surround yourself and find people and bring people into your life who are doing the same thing for themselves. Because the more that we're able to do that for ourselves, the more that we're able to do that for others. And from there, we can really create and foster deeper connections with other people because we've fostered and created and nurtured that deeper connection with ourself. And this kind of takes me now, it's like a free association moment happening here to something I posted last week on Instagram about just really being okay with being my, by myself, but also constantly reaching to my phone and reaching for my phone for that sense of connection, for that sense of belonging, um, to have those moments of engaging with other people. And so there were so many amazing comments on that post. If you're not already following Seek the Joy podcast on Instagram, head over to our Instagram page to read the full post. It's um under this kind of like purplish violet um image with um I think it's like some kind of flower. I should have pulled it up. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um but I shared in that post about this sense of anxiety that I've been feeling if I'm not connected. The sense of anxiety that I've been feeling if um I'm, I'm not constantly on my phone or reaching for my phone. And the more I think about it and the more I talk about it, I realize maybe it's because I have a little bit of an addiction going on and I'll be the first one to admit that. But I also think it's kind of um, interesting in the sense that, well, okay, so there were so many amazing comments and I got a lot of messages via DM too. And something that A couple of different people brought up was this sense of maybe you've spent enough time by yourself and now you're in a space, you're moving into a space with yourself in your life where you're ready to foster deeper connections with others. You're ready to reach out to other people. And I thought that was a really interesting perspective because a lot of the friendships and relationships that I have in my life have evolved to be in a space of greater intimacy. For a long time, especially through high school and college, the friendships and the relationships that I had were kind of surface level. Um, I knew a lot about them, but they didn't actually know a lot about me. And it was a true reflection of where I was at in my life. And it was a true reflection of the struggles that I was undergoing or experiencing. And um, just to be honest, this feeling like I didn't really want anybody to know about what was really going on with me. And that started to shift in law school. It certainly shifted post-grad and it has shifted tremendously, like tremendously over the last year with this podcast. All the friendships that I've made as a result of creating this podcast, those relationships, those friendships, there is such a deep, solid connection. Um, so many of these women, we spend hours on the phone, we talk about Everything there's a deep awareness of the other person, we see each other. Um, oh my god, when I just said that, if you, if you watch The Real Housewives of Atlanta, um, when Candy and Nini were fighting and they're like, I see you, we see each other, me saying that just like triggered that memory in my mind. Okay, god, I hope somebody out there watches that show and you had like a major laughing moment. <laughs> okay, going back to what I was saying. Within these friendships, we really see each other. We hear the other. We, we, there's a deep resonance there. And honestly, I have to say, the same thing is true of the friendships that I had before I started this podcast. Those friendships and relationships are stronger and there are deeper connections. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that I've allowed myself to be more vulnerable and to really create those deeper connections within those friendships. And so these comments on this post and the DMs I was receiving really got me thinking about, well, at what point do you know that you've fostered this deep enough connection with yourself that you're ready to foster a deeper connection with others? Because they say you have to really know and love and honor and see yourself before you can do that with another there's always, you know, those quotes that float around Tumblr or Pinterest or Instagram that say you have to be in a relationship with yourself first before you have to be in a relationship with somebody else. And so at what point do you know that you've fostered that deep connection with yourself and you're quote unquote ready to do that with another person, whether it's romantically or um, in a friendship? And the truth of the matter is, I don't think it matters because you're constantly evolving. You're constantly changing. You're constantly shifting. And so I think it's about recognizing that growth and recognizing the fact that you're always going to be changing and you're always going to be shifting, but not allowing not allowing that fact to keep you from developing intimate connections with other people. Don't allow that to keep you from reaching for creating those external relationships outside of yourself. Because the truth is who you are today is very different from who you were a year ago, which is very different from the person you're going to be in a year from now. Don't ignore your growth, embrace your growth, embrace the shifts, embrace the changes. Notice where your feet are planted in this moment. And then notice where it is that you need or want or desire to reach out to another to develop a deeper sense of connection. So this sense of anxiety that I was sharing in my post last week, yeah, it's a little bit of a social media addiction, but it's also this desire to want to continue to create and foster and nurture deeper connections with people in my life and to continue to engage with them and to be there for them and to hear them and for them to be there for me and for them to hear me and it's a really beautiful interesting cycle but within that we also need to create boundaries for ourselves because every time we reach for our phone i swear i, I i've read this and i don't know exactly which chemical it is but there are chemicals that are um, set off in our brains. It creates that sense of addiction. I have to keep reaching for it. I have to keep doing it. And if you have an iPhone and you've updated your phone, it now tells you your screen time. It tells you how many hours every day you've been on the phone, how many hours per application, how many times you've picked up your phone, which is illuminating by the way, and how many notifications you get an hour. And so for me, it's really shown me like, Your girl has a bit of an addiction. And granted, a lot of having this podcast means I've made the choice to engage because I want to engage and I want to have conversations and I want to get to know you and I want to formulate that connection with you because the fact that you welcome me into your life every week and you welcome this podcast into your life every week I mean it's huge it's not lost on me and there's a real genuine desire on my part to want to get to know you and want to make sure that what it is that I'm sharing resonates with you and that you um enjoy what it is that I am sharing or putting out into the world and so i guess to kind of pull this all together to bring this all together bring it home is just to say it's really important to be aware of ourselves and it's really important to be aware of where we're spending our time who we're spending our time with the thoughts that we have because our thoughts in my opinion create our reality and as somebody who often operates out of a space of sadness with a touch of depression and impatience and frustration my thoughts are not always the most positive but I constantly am in a space of redirecting myself, redirecting myself towards the space that I really want to operate out of, towards seeking the joy in my life. And this podcast has played a huge role in that. But being aware of our thoughts and our actions, being aware of where we're spending our time, being aware of whether we need time by ourselves or whether we need more time connecting with others, it helps to bring us back to that space of where it is that we want to operate out of. It helps to bring us back to that space of what lights us up and what brings us joy. I had no idea what this episode was going to be about. I thought I would just talk about um, that moment from yoga and it kind of has, like, went into its own direction. But I hope all of this makes sense and I hope that this resonates with you. And I hope that, I, I guess I just hope that What I share based upon my own experiences and what I've been going through or what I've been exploring. I hope that it helps you in some way or gets the wheels turning. And uh, that's the whole purpose, I guess, of these solo episodes is just to share. So before we go, before I close out this week's episode, October is a huge month. It's um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. October 10th was World Mental Health Day. It's the one-year anniversary of the podcast, but it's also Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And so when my friend Anna from Project Babe asked if she could come on the podcast and talk about Domestic Violence Awareness Month, it felt like a no-brainer. So you hear that intro music, we're moving into a new segment. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I hope it's informative. I hope it motivates you to get involved in your community. Let me know what you think. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Anna of Project Babe. So let's start off. Why don't you introduce Project Babe and Domestic Violence Awareness Month? What is it? What do we need to know? What is it all about?
1: Okay, so I started Project Babe in March of this year, and we are basically focused on healing, educating, and empowering um, specifically women survivors after any abuse experience. And I, I kind of started it because I felt like when I was going through my own experience, there was no real sense of community of women where they could feel free to kind of be open and share their experiences or or just listen to other experiences and take, you know, advice or suggestions from that. So I wanted to create that community and use the support between women to just help heal wounds that, that take longer than, than usual, I guess. So that was kind of how Project Babe got started. And then just with everything that's been going on recently, I think it's more important than ever to kind of let people know that they're not alone and that we do believe them. Yeah. So we we just want to be here to help, yeah, whether you're ready to share or not.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. And it's so important to create community and to have community and, and to really be there for one another. And so for someone who is not really aware, what do, what is domestic violence? Because so often we hear about it in the news, but it's not always something that's defined or understood or really explained.
1: So I think that it's really interesting because uh, domestic violence is defined in the legal sense as any pattern of basically a behavior that's intended to control or manipulate someone, especially within a household. So that can even be, you know, towards children or towards an elder. Um, Just, it's a very wide uh, definition, I guess. But I would just simply put it as another form of abuse. And abuse doesn't have to be physical. It can be verbal and psychological, emotional or financial. I mean, there's so many different forms of abuse, and 88% of cases are are never reported to the to no. the police. So, abuse doesn't discriminate. It it really covers like all ages, all genders, you know, it doesn't matter what your race or ethnicity is, and it's it's really overlooked, especially in maybe some underprivileged communities where they're not they don't have the resources to get help or to reach out to someone.
0: Yeah, those statistics that you just shared are really fascinating. I think you said 88% of cases are never reported to the police. Yes. And honestly, that's why awareness and compassion is just so important, especially you know, if you yourself haven't right. been a victim of abuse. And so for people who want to learn more, where where is a really good place for them to start?
1: I I would suggest starting with awareness I mean for me Project Babe really started with research I wanted to know as much as I could about the topic and be able to um, just speak about it in a way that first of all I wanted it to make sense to me and then I wanted to be able to communicate to people what it really was because it's very easy to kind of throw around the legal definition of domestic violence like we said before and not think of you know all the different types of abuse that there are. You know, being in a domestic violence relationship doesn't necessarily mean you're getting physically hurt. It could also mean that you're getting verbally abused, you know, Mm -hmm. or that you're being financially abused and you can't get out of the situation because that's your only option. So I think awareness is so important. I mean, just knowing the facts, knowing different types of abuse. And then I think it's also difficult to speak out. So when someone does, you just want to be compassionate and you want to listen and you want to give them the attention that they need in that moment, you know? And it's a lot of times it's just that they just need somebody to listen. They don't need a lot, but someone to just hear their story and and not make them feel bad for sharing that story Mm -hmm. is super important.
0: Yeah. I think it's about creating those safe spaces, right? To, I don't know, just remind us that we're not alone and that you're heard and you're seen and that you're understood. And, you know, the more that you know, the more information you expose yourself to, the more that you can really become more aware and conscientious. And you totally nailed it when you said that when someone does have the courage to step forward and be honest and courageous and sharing their story and what they've experienced, it's so important to be compassionate and to lend that ear or that helping hand or or just be a friend in any way that you can. Even just
1: in terms of how you could help, it's a lot of times it's not you having to go and physically do something. It's, it's more so being someone that the person can talk Mm -hmm. to and communicate to and share their story because the first part of healing is being able to accept what's happening and, and knowing that it's not your fault. So just having that opportunity to share with people is, is huge.
0: Yeah. What you just shared is so important because I don't know. I think we can often feel intimidated or unsure of ourselves and how we can really be there for someone and help them in the best way possible. And so it really does start with awareness because that's how we can really start to have these important conversations, you know, more and more. And so if someone wants to build upon this and learn more for themselves how can they find out what resources are available to them, either as someone who wants to be that lending ear or that support system or someone who has been in a domestic violence and abusive situation, where can they turn to for more information and, and to find those resources? So our website
1: has a ton of resources and it's constantly being updated. We have definitions, um, statistics, infographics. We have a list of shelters for every state in case you do want to get out and go to a safe place. We have self-care ideas and there's there's a lot on there. And there's also links to other sites that can provide information or specific help in a, in a state. Right now we're in Florida, but if you're you know somewhere else in the country and you wanna look for something specific, we have the states listed there and you can kind of click and figure out what resources you have around there. So I think that is um, a good place to start. And then just in general, remembering that compassion goes a long way and, and if we stand together, we're much stronger. So hopefully if you are in an abusive relationship or if you know someone who's in an abusive relationship, you can just reach out to them and offer that open heart and open mind, you know?
0: Yeah. Okay. And so I'll include all of that information in the show notes so that everyone can start learning more and becoming more aware. And if they aren't already and just have the resources that they need, um, available to them. And I'm just, I'm so glad that you came on the podcast to chat a little bit about this with me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Really, I really want to continue having conversations like the one I just had with Ana. I really want to continue exploring issues that impact all of us. There's so much going on in our lives. There's so much going on in the world. And so it's impossible for me to talk about everything on this podcast. But I want to do the best that I can to talk about and share about issues that impact all of us. That's important to all of us. And domestic violence awareness is definitely one of those and so if there's an issue that you want to make sure I talk about on this podcast send me an email um, because I really I just want to make sure that I bring you what you want to learn about and what you're interested in and what is impacting you I think that's the most important part here is what is impacting you and what is impacting your life before we go because this has been a jam-packed episode I just want to thank you so much for being here Thank you for listening and tuning in to this week's new episode. I am so grateful. Make sure to follow us and join in on the conversation on our social media pages. It's at Seek the Joy Podcast. Every, everywhere except on Twitter, it's at seek the joy pod. Um, if you want to support me, if you want to support my work on this show, um, the best way to do that is to share this podcast or a favorite episode with your friends or your family or on your social media pages, and make sure to hit that subscribe button, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and, It would mean so much to me. I would be so grateful if you left us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Ratings and reviews really help us get seen by new people and other podcasts and Honestly, I always enjoy reading and seeing and taking in what it is that you think about this podcast and the impact that it's had on you. And so if you do take a couple of seconds to leave us a rating and review, make sure to take a screenshot of that review and send it to sydney at seekthejoypodcast.com. I will send you the biggest virtual hug ever along with some Seek the Joy podcast stickers and our guide for infusing more joy into your life. We are also on Patreon, and I have linked our Patreon page in the show notes for this week's episode. Don't forget, we still have a couple of Seek the Joy bracelets left. Um, Don't forget to enter this week's giveaway. We have two giveaways left this month in the one-year anniversary celebration of the podcast, so head on over to our Instagram page to enter this week's giveaway, and I think that's it. I think that's it. I so enjoyed this week's episode. I had no idea where it was going to go. I hope that all of this resonates with you from just talking about the emotions that we operate out of to where we want to be, to not taking things personally, to anxiety and this feeling of connection and also everything that Anna shared about domestic violence awareness on um, I really hope that there's something in here that resonates for you. And I can't wait to hear what you think about this week's episode. So with that, I'm going to say goodbye. I hope you have a really wonderful rest of your day or your week or whenever it is that you're listening to this. And I will see you right back here next week for another Seek the Joy Tuesday.